Hi guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. This week, I'm going to talk to you guys about the top 10 things you forget to prep in your pageant journey. Now, there's a lot of things that come up last minute right before you compete for a pageant. So I want to talk through some of those things in the hopes that you can be organized and well-planned. And so we do not have that stress a couple days before you leave. That normally happens where we try and put things together last minute because we've forgotten about them. So I'm going to give you 10 things you forget to prep. Let's get into it. Well, what's up, everybody? This is Coach Allie with Powerhouse Pageantry. This week, I'm super excited to talk to you about things that we forget to do in our prep experience. I certainly wish that someone had walked me through these 10 things before I competed for Miss America. And I know Megan would say the same for Miss America and USA. Also, a little PSA. Again, this is Allie, not Megan. A couple people cannot tell us apart when listening to this podcast. And we were working with a client last week who legitimately did not know that there were two of us that record this thing. So you guys get Allie this week and I'm super excited to be with you. I hate that I just talked about myself in third person, but here we are. (laughs) So this week I'm going to talk to you guys about the top 10 things you forget to prep. Now, good news. First of all, all of these things that I'm about to talk about are actually in our pageant planner and playbook product that Powerhouse Pageantry made. That was a lot of peas. Pageant planner and playbook product that we made at Powerhouse Pageantry. Good thing Megan and I's names don't start with P. Otherwise, that would have been like a tongue twister. It was anyways. But anyways, so if you are interested in an actual tangible resource for some of the things I'm going to talk about today, For instance, if you do not have a mechanism of organization for some of these things, I would really recommend getting that product. Obviously, we made it and we love it. So obviously, that's a little plug there. But I really tried or we really tried when we were creating this to put together something that is a one-stop shop for your prep experience. So when I'm going through some of these things, As a listener, I want you to reflect on your own pageant journey and ask yourself, do I have an organizational mechanism for this in my prep? So let's get right into it. 10 things you forget to prep. Number one is walking patterns. Now, I will tell you firsthand that when I first started in pageantry, a lot of our listeners know my story. I was an athlete in college. I was a basketball player. Never in my life did I do a pageant before. And obviously, I saw Megan win um, a few years earlier and felt like a decade earlier because I was in college and I really wasn't around because I was in a different state while she was Miss Nebraska. Um, But I knew nothing about pageants. And now looking back, I can 100% say that I really wish I would have practiced this before I got to state the first time. Um, I didn't win on my first try. I won on the second try. I got top five the first time. And I really think that practicing your walking patterns, your stops, your turns, all of those things really puts a level of polish on. And now being a coach, I can really tell when I'm walking watching a pageant, which girls have practiced this and which ones have not. And so a lot of times we get questions from girls, what are those intangibles that make someone win over somebody else that's in the top five? Or what are those things that you guys coach for it factor? Or how do you coach magnetism, right? A lot of it is practicing your moments on stage. And that's why I put this number one, because A common misconception is that you just have to have confidence and you just go out there and shine on stage. 
whether, I mean, that is true. Don't get me wrong. But the polish that comes when it looks effortless from girls is because of practice. So your shoes, your dress, the size of the stage, the side that your slit is on in your dress, how to pose, all of those things are really, really important factors. And oftentimes you can message or email or text the ED or the current title holder to get the information on the stage dimensions and the walking pattern. So if you guys have orientation for your pageants, that's a great time to ask if they have that figured out already. Um, or if there's a Zoom call, a client call a couple weeks before the competition, ask about what the walking pattern is. Because if they don't know, then you're going to ask them the question so they start to figure it out. And if they do know, great, you're going to get that information and then you're going to be able to practice it before you step on that stage. So walking patterns, super important. You can 100% tell if the girl on stage has practiced her walking, her stops and her turns in the garment that she's wearing. So whether that's the swimsuit, the evening gown, even her talent costume, if you're in a pageant system that has that, you can 100% tell. And it shows intentionality if you do practice that. So that's why that's number one. Number two is budget. So number one, number one, first of all, it's not number one, it's number two. But first of all, in this category, I want you to ask yourself a question. Am I on a budget when it comes to pageant expenses? And this is high on my list for a reason because financial issues are a top factor when it comes to competing in pageantry. Not everybody comes from really wealthy parents, obviously. Most of us do not. And competing for a pageant takes a financial responsibility. It takes financial investment is the word I want to say. And so thinking through what are the costs that I'm willing to put forth for my evening gown, for the last minute expenses that come up, like your production fee, your ads in the program book. And some organizations or some state pageants require you to have like four pages of ads, whether or not you get it sponsored. So those things can stack up pretty quickly when it comes to the final weeks before your pageant experience and your pageant competition. So if you are somebody who is on a budget, who does get paid every other week or every week a set amount, set a budget for yourself of what money you want to allocate where. And I don't mean to go all like CFO on you. I'm not a CFO. I just I think like that sometimes and I'm a pretty organized person. It's hard for people who are very imaginary or um, what I want to say, vision focused or live in the future to be in the now regarding budget. And so I in the pageant planner that Megan and I created, we kind of made two types of girls, the analytical person and then the person who it's really hard for them to keep track of money. So kind of like the penny pincher or the opposite of that. And I think that these are really the two lanes that pageant women fall into. You either are the type of person that kind of spends money as you go and then doesn't really keep track of how much you've been spending until the end of your journey. And you look back and you're like, wow, I'm six grand into this or whatever it is. And you had no idea that you spent that much money because it was drawn out little by little across, you know, several months. Or you're the other side of that and you're a penny pincher where you are truly afraid to spend money because you are in a lack mindset. And maybe if you're in that boat, you need to get a part-time job or babysit a little bit more, go dog walking or 
sign up for Uber or whatever. You need to hustle a little bit so you have some extra change on the side where you can pay for your pageant bills, right? Regardless of which category you find yourself in, a budget really helps you analyze where am I at right now? What income do I have coming in over the next couple months? And what do I need to do to get where I need to go? Maybe I need to invest in coaching and other pageant services that will really help me win. If you don't know where you're at budget-wise and financially, then this can be a huge stressor because you're in the lens of, oh, I need all these things, but I can't have them because I don't have the capacity financially to invest in myself. And then it's just kind of a negative feedback loop. So in a nutshell, budget is 100% something that people forget to prep because you're in one of those two camps and both can be really harmful. Number three is hair. So this sounds like something that is really, really self-explanatory. Obviously, we are aware of what we look like in a pageant, right? We're aware of what we look like on stage, in interview, or hopefully you are. If this is a revelation for you, um, great. (laughs) I'm glad that I was able to provide that. But um, hair is really important. And a pitfall that I see in lots of girls prep is that they magically think that the night of competition, they're going to be able to do their hair in a way that they've never done before, or they're going to be able to do it the way that their hairstylist did it one time just by watching. That is extremely not true. Unless you have lots of hair experience, um, then I think that would be the only way that I would say that could actually be a truth. But 99.99% of the time, if you do not practice your hairstyle before you go and compete for your pageant, it will not turn out the way that you want it to. You don't know the humidity level backstage. You don't know if heat of all the curling irons going on at once is going to impact your hair. You don't know, especially if you're competing in a new city or a new part of your state or a new part of the country, your hair might respond differently. So you need to practice it and have a backup plan and just a plan in general for what you're doing for your hair. So talent night hair compared to swim night hair or evening gown hair. What night do you compete in what? If there is a specific prelim night, like I always use dancers as an example because having a dancer's bun one night, if that's your one element that you're competing in, might be a different look than what you do for finals night because you have to fluctuate, hopefully, if you make top 15, top 10, top five, whatever, between multiple areas of competition. So have a plan for your hair and practice that before you go into that competition. Four is makeup. This is really similar to hair in what I was saying about practicing before you get there to the competition. And I know my veterans that are listening to this podcast right now, like you're you're like, oh, Allie, I've done this before, whatever. You can always practice it more. You can always be more in tune with makeup trends and hair trends. You can get better products. You can take a makeup lesson. There's always something you can be doing when it comes to hair and makeup that better fits your brand, better fits the pageant system, and is a better representation of who you are. And that's why I hone in on this so much because makeup and hair is a journey. When you grow as a person, your makeup and hair should as well. And it should be indicative of who you are and what you're presenting at that moment. Because people magically think that they will be able to do their hair and makeup well without practicing. But oftentimes, Your nerves come into play that makes you shake and you do your makeup actually worse than normal. Like think about putting on fake eyelashes and the glue. And if you haven't done that in a long time, you're like, wow, why can't I get this? You're going to be so focused on the glue that you put on your lid rather than in the actual spot. And what if you have to redo your makeup? Those are all stressors that are completely avoidable if you would just practice before you get there and you have an actual plan. 
So small plug again, on our pageant planner and playbook, we actually have a section where you can draw in and write your hair and makeup. So this was a section that keeps you guys really organized. It outlines it per area of competition for you. So if you have different looks, you probably shouldn't be changing your makeup that much. The biggest change would be from interview to stage. But once you're on stage, um, normally those looks stay pretty consistent with like your eyeshadow, maybe a lip color changes, etc. But if you need it in front of you and you're a really visual person, this is a great space to do that. Okay, number five is wardrobe. So a pitfall that I see in people not prepping this properly or forgetting to prep is thinking about rehearsal outfits. So each state competition, heck, local competition, national competition, whatever, has different rules for rehearsal outfits. Now, they might provide sponsored t-shirts. They might provide a certain dress code, colors, whatever that they want you guys in. But in a nutshell, I don't think people think through the application of their rehearsal outfits enough. So an example of this, let's say your pageant system says, oh, we want you in comfy clothes for rehearsals. Okay, comfy can mean 10 different things to 10 different people. Now that could mean a sports bra and yoga pants and sneakers to one girl, and that could mean a sundress and sandals to another. Now let's put both of those outfits into application. You competing for a pageant, you on stage, you going through dress rehearsals of different formations of the opening number dance, of being around little sisters. Like maybe an open-toed sandal is not appropriate. Maybe you should wear a closed-toed comfy shoe because you're gonna be on your feet for hours and hours and hours during the day. Now, the first outfit, maybe being up there in just a sports bra and yoga pants is not indicative of you as a Miss title holder, right? You being a 24-year-old, a 26-year-old, being up there in just your bra, maybe you're comfortable in that in your everyday life, but the time and place that you're in right now is competing for a pageant. And if that doesn't say Miss whatever your title is, then don't wear it, obviously. Those are just two examples off the top of my head. But seriously, if you're listening to this, ask questions about wardrobe. If the director is vague on it, ask for a specific example or a lookbook like Pinterest or whatever, because you want to be comfortable 100%, but you also want to be on brand, representing you well and not standing out in a bad way when it comes to rehearsals. Also, this is something that a lot of people forget about, but after you win, Oftentimes, you will need another bag of clothes for an appearance the day after, up to the week after, depending on what your state or your pageant system expects of you. This is a major thing in Nebraska because after you win the state competition, you go right into the state fair and you're there for up to 10 days. So ask those questions to the current state title holder. What are the expectations if I were to win? And A practicality of this could be that your parents or your director or a friend coming to watch you brings another bag as the plan B for this. Okay, next thing is social media. This is number six. So overall, I know we talk about social media a lot. Obviously, it is prevalent and necessary in today's day and age. If you are not prepping your social media, you are missing out on a potential first impression with the judges. So a couple things here that a judge tells themselves when looking at someone's social media. So for teens, 
you guys know that CyberSmarts was my platform when I was Miss Nebraska. So I'm big on teens being in private mode. I, I don't really like when I see people in public mode. And if I do, you better believe that your content must fit your age. That's something that I really harp on for teens because I should not see anything inappropriate ever on your profile. Same thing goes for Miss candidates and, and contestants overall. Like if you're over 21, I don't think it's ever appropriate for you to have a party photo of you drinking alcohol or something like that. It's just not really the vibe of a title holder in almost every pageant system, I would say. So go through that, archive photos that aren't on brand for you, and ask yourself if you were a judge and you were combing through your social media, would I give this person the title solely based on the product that their social media is giving me? So that's a really good question to scrutinize your social media and really think, oh, okay, does this post fit me now? What about if it was two years ago, three years ago? Is it still relevant, still prevalent, etc.? So comb through that because what social media does is it actually tells the judge of your capability to do the job in a marketing context. So how often are you posting? Are you posting reels? Are you posting things that are pertinent to the pageant system you compete in? All of those things are really good questions. Also, from a practical standpoint, Something that girls forget to prep regarding social media is that you can write out your thank you posts and sponsor shout outs prior to the actual competition. If you've worked with us one on one, we talk about this all the time, but girls who seem like they are really, really intentional at the national level, like state title holders that are posting twice a day while they're at the national competition, that is all done beforehand. No way, shape or form are girls doing that during the competition week. I would say most of them are not, especially if they're really long form posts and reels and all of that. So you can do that too during your competition week and it's honestly way less stressful if you prep that in advance. So list out your sponsor shout outs, list out all of your thank yous that you need to post about during competition week. And then if there is time for you to do an additional post or you forgot about something, you can give yourself time to do that because the necessary stuff is all mapped out beforehand. Okay, next, number seven is pageant team. So do you need help in areas that you need to grow in? Are you aware of the areas that you actually need in order to win that title? Do you have coaches to help you see your blind spots? If you do, surrounding your pageant team, write your thank yous in advance, guys. That's something that stresses me out personally. I remember writing like wedding thank yous and just putting pen to paper is something, whether it's journaling or whatever, that stresses me out in my own life. So anytime you can do that, prior to an extent, obviously, because the things that you need to write thank yous for during the week, you you can't experience that before you go, obviously. But if you can write some of those thank yous beforehand, do so. And I really encourage you to do that because it really takes that stress off. But having a pageant team is really important. And if you don't have a pageant team or you don't know who your coach is for each area or who you're even accountable to, the ability to see your blind spots and have someone who has the green light to point those out in a healthy way is really, really crucial. And that's not something that you can just incorporate three days before you leave for your pageant competition. You have to build that relationship with somebody and really have that open door both ways where you're comfortable with it and able to implement it in a way that you've practiced. Number eight is mindset. Now, this is obviously something that we at Powerhouse talk about all the time, but there's a reason for that. 
So if you're not thinking through your competitive mindset, your prep mindset, then during the competition, your true nature is actually going to come out when stress is applied. Um, your boundaries during the competition, think about all those things. So the type of competitors you're going to go against, what stresses are going to come up during the week and what is your plan when things don't go your way or problems arise to come back to home base, to calm yourself down so you can really compete at the level that you really prepped for. It's really unfortunate for me to see someone just crack on stage and you can see that from the audience. Maybe in their brain, they're like, oh, I've tried so hard for this or I knew I just bombed that question. You can see it all over their face, all over their body language compared to somebody who might have messed up, but they're carrying on because you can tell they've practiced and they have that perseverance and the drive to win at all costs. So those are things that you can practice. You need to have a prep plan for that. If you need help with that, reach out to Megan and I. We love doing mindset work overall and we have found that every girl that wins has done that to some extent and everybody can always use some mindset training overall. Number nine is communication with a roommate. So this is something that I harp on all the time with our girls. And in most pageant systems, I would say that you have a roommate. Sometimes you get to choose this person. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's miss rooming with teen. Depending on your system, you need to figure out that obviously. But things that you need to communicate, sleeping habits, shower habits, room organization, the amount of stuff you're bringing with you because that can be annoying if you're just tripping over someone else's suitcase or the mass quantity of things in your hotel room. If the other person uses smelly lotions or perfumes or if they're bringing interesting snacks into the room and you don't like those smells or you're allergic to something. These are all things that I really, really encourage you to prepare for, to communicate before you're there because these are all things that can stress you out very easily because you cannot control another person's behaviors and actions. So if you communicate about it before you step into that room, you can both have a plan and you can talk about it so you're both on the same page. And finally, number 10 is overall organization methods. So a big thing with this is actually communication of expectations with family and friends. So I will use this as an example. One of my really good friends puts everybody in a Facebook group and her friends and family, everybody that's supporting her because she doesn't like getting text messages from everybody during the week. She finds that distracting. Now, I'm not saying this has to be the gold standard for everybody, but it is an interesting take on kind of compacting the communication that you're going to get during the week and into something that's manageable and controllable. So she knows that doing this allows her to put out one form of communication for everybody and then she's able to focus on herself during competition week. Now, I never went that far, but I did communicate to the people close to me the hey, I might not respond to you right away. Hey, if I don't respond, this is why, obviously. And so think through this a little bit and what you need to do to really lower your stress levels, control what you can control, but also communicate effectively with your friends and family and directors around you. Secondly, with overall communication, this is totally different than communication with family, but it's actually your organization of your wardrobe and your outfits. So Shout out to Julie Swanson, my mom, (laughs) Mama Swan, because she actually color-coded all of my outfits, all of Megan's outfits before we went to our national pageant. And everything had a bag, a box, a color. So when I was in my hotel room, I knew Mondays are red. 
Tuesdays are purple, Wednesdays are blue or whatever it is. And when everything is in one place, you literally don't have to make any decisions during your week. And that was really helpful for me. So having an organizational method for your wardrobe, your outfits, really every stage during your competition is really, really important. You don't have to color code. Some people like binders. Some people like to write everything out. Some people do like to make game time decisions during competition week. That was never me. But having a strategy of organization helps lower the stress levels and really helps you compete at your best. So overall today, guys, I hope that this list provided you a good, healthy check-in with where you're at in your own life. So maybe you are one week out, four months out, six months out, whatever it is for you today, go through this list, listen to this back, and write down those questions to make sure that you have a system for you to compete at your best because that's really what good preparation does is it lowers your stress level and allows you the organization to just be and compete and be present. And that's where having fun comes in and just the polish and the excitement of actually competing for your pageant. Hey guys, Coach Megan here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. We're so honored to have you wherever you are, near or far away from the great metropolis of Omaha, Nebraska, where we are from. We are so proud to be your virtual coaches. If you could just share this with a friend that you feel like needs to hear this today, give us a five-star review if you haven't already, and click that link below in our show notes. We promise we are the nicest people. We are the nicest people, we promise, and we'd love to meet you, and we'd love to to figure out if you're a good fit for our programs or make a suggestion for a different coach, different consultant, different person that's a professional in their field that can help you. The reason why we do it this way, actually, because a lot of people ask is because we want to help you practice the elements of being a great title holder from the very beginning. And one of those things is vulnerability. One of those things is being a self-starter. One of those things is being able to reach out and cold email, cold call, cold DM somebody that you don't know because of the potential opportunity on the other side of things. When I was Miss Nebraska and Miss Nebraska USA, just letting y'all know that's how you get media. That's how you get appearances. That's how you get sponsors is being willing to put yourself out there. And so we want to help you practice that from the very beginning, learn more about you and discover um, if we can help you and we'll point you in the right direction for one of our services programs and the right coach for you. Otherwise, we will absolutely make a best suggestion for you in a different direction. Because at the end of the day, we're not territorial about needing to coach every person in the world. We just want you to find your right fit so that you can make your dreams come true and unlock the winner within you. Anyways, just wanted to encourage you guys in that today. Again, leave us a review, DM us um, on Instagram at any of our handles. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.